0: Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message.
1: It wasn't very joyful. (laughs) Okay, 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 we'll stop right there. (laughs) Welcome to church. It should also be the freest place on earth. So I sure appreciate times of breakthrough and worship. Um, Sweetheart, can you just hand me that card? I left it there, thanks. Or Sarana or somebody, yeah, please. Um, A really interesting morning we got here. Um, Love that we could do a baby dedication right off the top. That was excellent. Um, Such a great night, all in night. Got to talk to the leaders. Um, Thank you for all those that were there. Um, Today, I have a a very specific word on my heart. And and the the potential of it maybe being confused is higher than normal. So just forgive me for any offense in advance, okay? A few. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Um, um, I I really, um, at the end of this year started asking the Lord about what's going to happen next year. 2021 was not a banner year exactly. And um, Kelly and I started, the same word kept coming up in our heart. And so it was pretty obvious because we had lost a bunch of stuff that the Lord was going to restore some stuff. That, was, that, was, that, that is going to happen. Um, but I began to feel that it was more of a word for more and more people as it began to show up at church here and say, Lord, what's on your heart? What's going on? And, um, so I believe what the Lord wants to recover and restore is for many of us, some of our dreams, we just sort of put them on hold and, you know, waiting for the government to tell us if we go outside or not and everything just kind of hit a pause. And so there's one thing I think the Lord wants to restore, I think is dreams. Um, there's other things that get stolen in our life that we need to contend to get them back. They don't just rock up to our door one day. There's a certain responsibility that we have to take. Um, I think the Lord is, is going to restore for us perspective. I think, we, I think that we think our God is not all powerful. I think, he, I think the Lord is gonna restore a passion for prayer. And um, and maybe separately, passion. (laughs) People lost some of their gumption and passion. And um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to like, try to release this, you're gonna need to receive it if it fits for you, at the end we'll have prayer. The other thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask for an offering this morning at the end of the service, and um, it's Vision Sunday, and I'm I'm gonna ask you to release some faith during that offering. And then I'm going to ask you to release me for a season. And so part of that is because I believe that the Lord wants to restore and recover. Where would my glasses go? Oh, here they are. (laughs) Um, So I want to just, first of all, start with Psalm 107. By the way, thank you for the worship team. Excellent. Psalm 107. Because... um, Help me, Holy Spirit. Psalm 107 and verse 43 says, Those who are wise will take all this into heart. The previous 42 verses. Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. Um, You read through the book of Joshua not that long ago. You come to the last two chapters... And, um, and Joshua kind of gets a little rebuke from the Lord. He said, by the way, you haven't finished what I asked you to do. <laughs> I asked you to do something. You haven't finished that yet. And so, so Joshua in about, I think it's chapter 13. Um, well, chapter 13 says this. When Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, Joshua, you're getting old. <laughs> I just love that. And so a few chapters later, I guess Joshua had been getting some counseling. Verse 23 uh, years have passed, and Joshua now was very old. And he said to everyone, I am a very old man now. <laughs> this, is, this is funny for me. So it says, be strong, be careful, make sure you don't do this. Don't even mention these things. Be, uh, don't, be faithful. Then verse 14, soon I'm going the way of all the earth, but deep in your hearts you know that every promise of the Lord your God has come true. Not a single one has failed. I'm going to try to tie together a whole bunch of different things this morning and they make some sense. That'll be a miracle. Um, but but I, want to, I want to remind us that when the Lord has made a promise to us, the only issue is if we're ready to receive it and the time it takes for it to land. It, he doesn't take back a promise. Many, many people say, well, the Lord can do anything. Well, he can't take back a promise. Because he can't lie. It would deny his essence. And so when he makes a promise, he intends to fulfill it. Because he's faithful. But there is a weak link. And that's you and I. It's not if is the Lord faithful, but are we going to be faithful? He, he who called us is faithful. He said it, he'll do it. So he says to Joshua, I called you back there. I asked you to do something. Uh, it's not quite done yet. So he takes a chapter and he looks back over some things. And uh, I'm going to do that in just a second. Um, he looks back. And, and he's old now, a lot older. And he just recalls that that's right. The Lord told us to keep going until we <laughs> inhabited the whole land. Um, when God makes a promise... Maybe, you know, and when, or when you've had a prophetic word and it wasn't fulfilled by Wednesday that week, or if you've had someone uh, had a, a dream or a word or a vision, but it hasn't come to pass yet, listen, if it's from the Lord, it still can be recovered and restored. It, it can be. He, so I want us to just have a look at um, the story of David, and uh, I'm going to... I'm going to get you to uh, watch and listen to, this, to chapter 30, the first 25 verses. And David comes to the lowest point in his life, like lower than low. But within a chapter and a little bit, his word came to pass. It, it, it's just miraculous. Why don't you listen as we read, or you can take your Bibles and follow First Samuel chapter 30.
0: Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and had burnt Ziklag to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives Ahinoam of Jezreel, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in serious trouble because these men were very bitter about losing their wives and children, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. Then he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, Should I chase them? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out, and they soon came to the Basur brook. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook. So David continued the pursuit with his 400 remaining troops. Some of David's troops found an Egyptian man in a field and brought him to David. They gave him some bread to eat and some water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins because he hadn't had anything to eat or drink in three days and nights. It wasn't long before his strength returned. To whom do you belong and where do you come from? David asked him. I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite, he replied. My master left me behind three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from raiding the Karathites in Negev, the territory of Judah and the land of Caleb, and we had just burned Ziklag. Will you lead me to them? David asked. The young man replied, If you swear by God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So the Egyptian led them to the Amalekite encampment, When David and his men arrived, the Amalekites were spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines and the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout the night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. His troops rounded up all the flocks and herds and drove them on ahead. These all belong to David as his reward, they said. When they reached Besor Brook, and met the 200 men who had been too tired to go with them, David greeted them joyfully. But some troublemakers among David's men said, They didn't go with us, so they can't have any of the plunder. Give them their wives and children and tell them to be gone. But David said, No, my brothers, don't be selfish, was what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the enemy. Do you think anyone will listen to you when you talk like this? We share and share alike, those who go to battle and those who guard their equipment. From then on, David made this a law for all of Israel, and it is still followed.
1: Fascinating. What a great story. Story of David, who as a young boy was overlooked by his father and anointed as king somewhere in his mid-teens, probably, he's 15 years old. He's got a word. He's got a promise. He's got an anointing. What does he do? He goes back to the pasture. Because the word is working its way out. Needed some time. Need a little session in the pasture, also in the palace, before he ended up in the wilderness. David's a, a, he's a great picture of a, um, a, a shepherd, true shepherd, and he, he somehow is being thrust into this um, role as the king of Israel. But he, he's been preparing in the strangest of places out in a pasture. And, but slow, he easily, he begins to grow up and pretty soon um, he becomes um, close to the king. The king gets upset at him. Now Saul's got a, a, a price on his head and after David and David's on the run now. First thing, you know, anointed king, but he was re- rejected of the father. Um, next thing, he's invited right into the palace, but he's getting javelins thrown at him by Saul. What's happening in his life? His words are being worked out. Promise is still on. Doesn't matter the circumstances. He goes a little bit um, further, and you know, there ends up being all these, in, you know, these unfair things happen. I mean, he takes down a giant, and and then you know, gets a wife, and yeah, but. But then he, gets, he has to deceive a bunch of people for a while uh, in the cities. He, he makes up like he's mad. Uh, he gets uh, 600 group men, warriors to follow him. And um, he ends up on the enemy's side. He's over on the Philistine side now f- traveling and fighting with them. What a, what a, but the promise is still on. He's anointed king of Israel. So th- the beautiful thing starts to happen Uh, unfold, when you see the number three, every time you see the number three, think what it means in the Christian world or in the Bible. And, right, I'm thinking three days. (laughs) For me, it feels like I've been living between Friday and Sunday for a while. Things are a bit dark. But I know the promise is on, and I know that Sunday's coming. (laughs) He's good for his word, and I'm going to be patient with the process. Um, Anyway, he is... um, He's told to go home. Actually, he says, go home. And who would have thought that a pagan king would be someone who would be a a, a voice in the life of David? Where is David? He's between this promise and the fulfillment of the promise. It can get disappointing. It can get discouraging. You can start to feel hopeless. Gosh, he's fighting with the enemy. So, So he's in a tough spot. But the tough spot's about to get tougher. This is painful to read for me. He's, he goes home and, um, and gets, gets back and finds that his, the women, children, and everybody else uh, was carried away without realizing it. And so he's in a tough spot, and he's lost everything, but at least he's got his fearless team that have traveled with him. Oh, maybe not. Maybe they're thinking of stoning him just now. David couldn't have got any lower. I think that for many of us, the last couple of years has weared us out, weared us, war, have worn. Uh, it's wore us out. It's wore us down. And the things that we used to believe or we're fighting for have been sort of left on the shelf. The promises that the Lord give us through that time just seem to be cooling off. But I want to tell us today that the Lord's word is forever settled. It was good yesterday, today, and forever, just like him. The word can, is still alive. But it's, it's tough and and. And it says that the men couldn't cry any more tears. Am I mistaken or have we had a season of tears? Lots of losses. Relationships. For some jobs. For some hope. Like, lots of loss. And it's moments like that that we tend to give up. But David did something different. It says he encouraged himself in the Lord. How'd he do that? I have a hunch I know. I have a hunch I know. Uh, My my version says, but David found strength in the Lord. So he is lower than low, but the promise is still on. Get to your point. Um, Just because things seem dark and darker than dark, and just because the circumstances mount up against us, it doesn't mean that the word is not going to come to pass. His, his posture at that point was doing this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look back over my years and I'm going to see all the times that the Lord was faithful. You know why? So he would have no fear of tomorrow. And, and they just, those, the, the, the songs we sang today. Like they reminded me of things. And, um, and when I look back, I remember um, as we were starting, the first building program we went on was a, um, we bought a house. The Lord asked me very clearly, spoke to my heart with a strong, strong impression, so much so that I looked at the seat beside me, um, to build him a house of prayer. And I thought he meant a people of prayer, but he actually meant a place where people would come pray. And uh, so in that, in that assignment, uh, here's, if I would have went to Bible school, they wouldn't have taught me this. Um, in there, I I, needed, I realized that he wanted a building. Now, buildings are highly contended because if that land has not been dedicated to the Lord yet, the enemy doesn't want to give it up. So I didn't know that. Having known what you do now, would you do what you did then? I don't think so. Well, I don't think the Lord, he, shows, he reminds us he'll take us through and sometimes what he's taking us to but not always what we might have to do. Um, so I remember then, then I was walking by a place that's right close to the community center, and the Lord said, that's it, and heard another whisper and breath go down my neck, and that was a different word for, I and mean, it was a lie. But we decided to take a step forward, and they wanted 800000 for the house, and <clears throat> Jay's going to start to get cold sweats as I tell a little bit more of this story. He was our a, a real estate agent, and... Um, and, he, and so it was listed for, uh, for uh, $800,000, and um, so we went to them very boldly in great faith and offered 250. How big? How big is your God? <laughs> and so, um, you know, it's a handful of people. You've outgrown your current location. Uh, we need a permanent place. Um, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but anyway, we made an offer, and the Lord says, do you, do you like, know who I am? I am, I am provision. And you make me, a, my revelation was not big enough. So I repented, and I shouldn't have made it, we shouldn't have um, went to make an offer on a building if we didn't have a down payment anyway. So I went and started a building fund, and uh, we raised $45,000. And uh, I very boldly was getting ready to write uh, a, a much bolder offer, and the Lord said, give that uh, money for the building fund, give it away. I don't want you, I want to remind you that I'm going to get this for you that you couldn't do it on your own. So here, the, so, so the, this, the whole revelation of strength out of weakness because we got quite a bit of strength, energy. So we had a lot of fun that night and I think Irma was a bookkeeper and we, we wrote checks, 7,000, 5,000, 10,000 and I can't remember where we took them but ministries around Calgary. And the issue was, I was expecting a harvest without any seed in the ground. So now we're ready to go. And so we took in um, an uh, offer to purchase. And um, I told uh, the landowner, I said, You know, the Lord wants this for a worship center. And his wife left the room. And I said, Is she okay? He says, No, she's happy. Because when we bought this property eight years ago, the Lord said, I have a purpose for that. I was still in Nippon. The Lord already had mine, our next place, before we even got it. <laughs> and, and uh, So he said, we went and bought uh, 10 acres right behind the Strathcona um, shopping mall, and it's like tripled in price. And um, I told my mom in Taiwan, that the Lord has a special use for this, but he never, ever told me what until you came in and said you want to make it a worship center. We put the uh, offer to purchase in front of him, and I said, whatever you want, sir, the Lord will provide. So here's what we're going to do, is I'm going to sign the offer, I'm going to have my agent sign it, and you fill in whatever number you want, which completely disempowered the spirit of greed in that room. That was in me. (laughs) I was delivered that day. Do you know in the Hebrew language that when you discover what a word means, you go to its root, the original root? In in the Hebrew language, there is, the the root words are all verbs. You wouldn't think of having a word and not acting on it, it's implied in the language. But we need to do something. Somebody needs to act. Someone's got to get some seed in the ground. Anyway, long story short, he wrote in there. He wrote in because we had calculated with our accountant what could we pay. He said, you might be able to look in at your cash flow and offerings. You might be able to make um, payments on 400000 I said, Tony, you put in whatever number you want. The Lord will provide. He thought for a minute. His real estate agent said, you can't do that. We said, well, it's done. And We waited. And he took his pen and he put in $400,000. The promise is on. The Lord wanted a house of prayer. What's going to stop his promise? A faithless, unbelieving follower. <laughs> I could stop the promise, prob- promise, but for him, it's still on. And then he had another place that we made the, we made the deal on. A family in our church had four acres, or they started coming to our church, lived beside the church. Their family got saved and baptized or rededicated and baptized and came, came into the church one day and said, Lord, do you think the Lord has any use for our property? I said, yep, we'd like it. Really? I said, yeah, we'll take it. I shook his hand. I said, by the way, how much do you want for that? He said, I think 500000 I said, okay. We called a board meeting and I went and told the board. We just bought some land. <laughs> what a journey. Uh, for the next... <laughs> Oh, no, but I honestly, if, if he wouldn't have led me, I wouldn't, I couldn't have, like, I could. I don't know if I could have gotten more ditches along the way, but he has always been faithful. Um, we decided we put a, um, a team in place with five uh, key, value, key things, I called them our high five, um, need to be big enough place, so, you know, for the generations to follow, it need to be visible, it needed to represent who we were as gatekeepers in our city. Um, so we started. We did that for three years, no results, and then we called a fast of thirty days, and uh, wanted to know what the Lord might have on His mind. <clears throat> um, yeah. So anyway, he. So we fasted for thirty days. This is how we did it: five days a week for six months. <laughs> we didn't do a thirty-day back-to-back. In that period, a piece of land came up. We negotiated. Um, l- really long story, and, I, I, and, I, and I, I'd love to tell you someday, but this is the property we're on now. And um, the Lord is, I just want to say, He's like so faithful. But, but there's a little bit of a battle in there. The, the day after we made the offer on this land, two days after I was in the emergency room, and the doctor says there's nothing wrong with you, and I've never had such a pain in my life. Um, y- there's moments like that you wonder, did the Lord really want us to get that land? You're laying in an emergency, emergency. Because you recall the word, but you're not sure if he's faithful to fulfill that word. And by the way, why am I in the emergency room and what's going on here? Um, anyway, they, they, um, they sent me home with some OxyContin, I think it was. And, um, and then I said, no, there's something really bad. And I, while I was waiting, I found a big lump over here. And I said, there's something there. What is that? I said, woo, what's up? And um, anyway, they removed my gallbladder the size of a fist. And um, I went back to building the church. The, the, um, I just want to say what made me extremely happy today is one of the things we knew that the Lord was calling us to a place of influence, this is, which is why we're at the west gate of the city, a place where transactions are made. We're, and um, one of the things we were meant to do is uh, plant churches. And the church we planted in Toronto... That song was theirs, and and do you know what their renovation program is right now, Johan, welcome to church, Antari. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, but I wanted to say like when we finished this building, and we, you know we finally got here, it was uh, right around the twelve million million dollar mark. That what what Toronto has done—the building they purchased was fifty-five million. Young people, all during that time when we were raising funds, and then comes to me and says, I'd like to go plant a church in Toronto. And I said, you've got to be kidding. Can anything good come out of Toronto? <laughs> I didn't say it like that. But we're all halfway through this building program. We, can't, we, you know, don't leave me now, Lucille. And uh, anyway, they went to plant the church. And then uh, during this time while we were building this, there was, that was one church uh, plant we sent out. The other one was Saskatoon. And so, during the time of raising the funds and, and uh, the constant negotiations with bankers, well constantly rejected by bankers, um, through that time, we were planting churches as well. And here's why. It's because the Lord has a promise for us. Didn't f- so, I want to look back for just a second. There's about, there's about 10 slides here, and then I'll just scoot on to my next uh, couple points. That's the house we restored and redeemed, recovered and redeemed. And uh, it was um, designed by an architect in Calgary called Wolfgang Wenzel. And it was designed after a South African village. Uh, it was six sided and where the, the kids and the, and the w- women would stand in the middle and the warriors would surround them. And I said, that's exactly what we're doing. The, uh, who are these people here anyway? I was worshiping in the other inside after we would uh, renovated it. <clears throat> Next slide. Uh, oh man, what a headache! We had to put in a water suppression system in here, and the, with the special prompt from Houston. And oh, Houston, how many how many gallons was that? Twenty thousand. And then we had another. We've got another. Just just showing you the promise was on, but you thought, Lord, when when are we going to get through? Next slide. Um, these are the side doors, right? No, in the back, in the South Auditorium, where they used to drive the RVs in. Next, this is inside the South Auditorium. Apparently we needed some HVAC. Uh, This is in, so on that South Auditorium, this is one of our worship services there. And this is another one, picture from in there. And here's from over here someplace. Back over, it's out here, the foyer, is it? Okay, okay, okay. We wanted to build a slide to go from the upstairs into the children's area. Uh, good idea. Hey, next slide. So the promise was on, but we were ended up at the Wild West. Hello. <laughs> Prophesy. You want the West Gate? You want the Wild West Gate? So, uh, and we thought, of course, we'd be able to move in, and uh, it kept postponing, and so we thought it needed for two months in the summer. Turned into September. Turned into October. In November, we issued mitts. Uh, we'd welcome them, give them a bulletin and some mitts, and during worship, you'd see people's hands up with mitts. The heating was really bad. And the horses would kind of come up right up to the windows as well with their snotty nose. That, that was the Wild West. <clears throat> and then, is that it? Yeah, okay. And then, we, anyway, we landed here. Uh, my point is, the Lord has been faithful. <laughs> and, 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 you know, when we talk about signs and wonders, uh, this is a wonder. Because you can't figure out how a hayseed from Saskatchewan with, like, a 52 average would ever be able to build the trust in people Because because you guys did this. That they would release a little bit of their life to see the kingdom of God come in a city or region. It's the the stories about the faithfulness of God. Um, I just want to share a couple other quick little points because when I look around, it feels um, like these last two years with uh, our offerings have not trended upward. Um, And so some things we just kind of put on hold and one of those was maintenance. So... We, and, and so the original intent was this place would always be excellent, so people could always come and be proud to bring their friends. And, well, in the last eight years, it's had a lot of wear and tear, and the paint's chipping, and um, the outside, the black is turning back to that McDonald green that was underneath it before. And, um, but we need to do some things to spruce the place up. David came to Revelation one day. He said, I'm in a palace of cedar, and the ark of the Lord is in a tent. We need a place for that. Um, we, we, there's a lot of things we'd like to finish, I mean, um, I'm, we're not probably going to get to the kitchen, but, uh, we want to utilize the, the patio out there, we want to spruce up the washrooms, we, um, one of these days we're going to have some carpet again out in the foyer. The original design for out there was to be leather couches and screens and, a uh, little bookstore and coffee, of course, that's everywhere. Um, Hello. Um, but we'd like to freshen the foyer up so when people come, or after the service, that space, the connecting space, is every bit as important as the space, because heart on heart, people get to connect with each other. Um, I don't know if we'll ever, uh, if this year, what some of the things we do. I know that we need a um, we need a permanent smoker for smoking briskets out in the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so after service, you can have a brisket and a brewski. It would be a <coughs> good thing to have. Have you know? But but the other thing is, even though we, we've had two floods in here, we actually uh, have had to pay those deductibles of ten thousand dollars each. So so we've got new carpet and we'll get new carpet up there. But that, that's been a bit of a hit for us, um, in just in terms of maintenance as well. Uh, outside parking lights, shrubs, trees. Uh, we we have a power gate, but we just haven't had it installed. Wouldn't that be fun? Like do do do. That's we could have, that that that's things there. We actually um, when we started, one of the ideas that we originally had is was to be a Joseph storehouse. And how are we gonna? What's going to happen? How does that work? Well, one of them would if there was a natural disaster that people would be able to come to the church and we'd be able to pr- provide them with all they needed. So we were looking at diesel generators and we we're looking at uh, beds and water systems and electrical systems and photovoltaics and solar and oh man, we looked at a whole bunch of things but didn't quite have the money to finish that. That was a luxury. But I happen to still believe there could come a time in the not near future where people wonder where can we go. I'd like them to say, whosoever will can always come and partake. You want to know the interesting story? It says that when David got back, <clears throat> I'll just go, he, when David got back, he was t- coming back with all the spoil. And he said, um, some wicked men, said, let's not give them their share, let's just give them the wife and kids back. David said, you thought it was a cliche? Share and share alike. It's sort of interesting. Um, David had this amazing perspective as a king, <clears throat> a servant king. Um, I, I say that to say this, is that David understood whether you were in the battle or whether you're not in the battle. It, said, it says that 200 of them stayed back because they're tired. Here's what we need to learn to be kind to people who are tired. And can I say the whole world is tired. These tired people, David was kind to them. People have been through a lot. Try a little kindness. And and then he says, these ones that didn't fight, because if you look around, some of the battles to get here weren't fought by you if you're new. But you know what? That's okay, because the battle was to win a victory not just for ourselves, but the future generations to come. Don't worry, you get the same reward. You don't you, right. You get to come, and we—it's—it's it's great. You get to share. We share. We share alike. This has to be a place where the things that the Lord has given us are held with open hands. the the, 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 the uh, an abuse an abuse of of power would be to remove someone's choice. It's the most sacred thing about them. We love people and we let them make their own decisions and we let the Holy Spirit do the convicting, that's the big work, and we love people. We can't stop doing that. Um, What's about to happen, um, I'm just gonna make a, um, uh, yeah, one of the great lessons of being in the wilderness was the provision was always when we followed. David looked back and he said, encouraged himself, he went, oh yeah, the Lord, you were there, you were there, you were there, and then he said this, he said, get the ephod. What's he saying? He's saying, get a word. I, I, I'm going to pray for words that have been lost to be recovered this morning. I, so he said, get a word. I'm not sure what your word's going to be uh, regarding the offering. I would like to think that we could raise $150,000, and then we, we got a lot of work to do, but which I calculated in my head very quickly. This is a work of the flesh. Um, um, I calculated, so if we need uh, 150,000, that means like 150 people give $1,000. Wow, we can do it. And so then I thought, well, logically, I said, so honey, what's your number? And I said, well, I think my number's like 500 a month for three months, I think it's $1,500. I said, what's yours? Oh, it's twice that. Oh, me of little faith. But what we want to do is we want to see that the house is cleaned up and spruced up and a few more lights and different screens and a place where you can come, we can have baby dedications, we can have baptisms, we can welcome people into the presence of God, we can lead them into lordship and discipleship. What's our goal is to make as many disciples of Jesus Christ as we can. That's a goal, a vision and a mission. That's our, that we gotta, we, but we've got to have a place that welcomes them. We've got to have people whose hearts are open to them. And um, so the, the, the thing about this is part of what the Lord, um, how he designed it, is somehow you can't separate giving from receiving. It's just in the system. Paul would say how that they, they supplied him because the, an offering was taken to provide for the church. And he said, but the Lord's going to now add that back unto you as you've sown. You're going to also reap. You can't separate it. But you've got to watch the motive. And this is what, how David, as he moved through this whole scenario, and I close with this. Um, we've got to look ahead a little bit. Make disciples of Jesus Christ as many as we can. Um, it's a, it, it was an interesting thing. I don't know if you remember when, when they came out of Egypt, the, uh, all of the Egyptians gave uh, earrings and gold. And, do you remember that? So inter- so nice, eh? Hey? the things that were given to them. Uh, have you ever asked yourself, what, what's gold good for in the wilderness? What happens when we don't use what the Lord gives us for what he intended it to be used for? It turns into they shaped it into a golden calf and began to worship it. The the thing for these days ahead for us, we need to continue to increase our, our influence online. Um, the Lord has... Uh, From the beginning, he has stirred in my heart to go into another little building phase, and that's to redeem the two acres to the east here. So we currently are in negotiations to create a a for-profit corporation where we could train young businessmen to make a difference in the world by making lots of money and giving lots of money away. We want to call that the center of generosity, but in the meantime, it has to generate some income itself. So we're looking at developing that. Uh, To the west, the two acres here, we're just about to finish the deal with Alberta government, and that will become a C3 center for wholeness, where we will be able to continually offer to the community opportunity to be healed. Um, So that's what's going on. Um, We're gonna take a couple minutes, and, and they're gonna hand out some vision cards. I would like as many people to give as possible. The amount doesn't matter. It's just, if it's 50 cents, is it a buck? Is it 20? Um, Maybe you want to say, maybe you don't want to fill it out today, but the the exercise is trusting the Lord. What's that number? And then ask your wife and it'll be twice as much. And if there is a number, follow. The Lord's been faithful. It, we got to get out of our heads that if, if we don't give, there's a curse on us. No, Jesus absorbed all the curse. It's broken. We're free. Um, so I want you to just take a second. They're going to hand these out, and I and I want to say um, as they're handing them out, um, this is this is a yeah a a very personal choice for you. As you read the end of that chapter, David not only gives everything back or gives, divides it up, he starts giving gifts to all the people he'd, who had blessed him in the past. It's a beautiful story. Um, so I'm going to ask you to take a couple minutes and we're just going to ask the Lord if he, if he wants you to give. Lord, we quite our heart before you and we choose to listen and act. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. And I thank you that you brought us here with a purpose and a promise. We want to fulfill that, Lord, every bit of that. Once again, may we dedicate this place and this space to the glory of God. I thank you for the privilege of being part of the great thing that you're doing on the earth. And I thank you you're not done with this city. I thank you that you're not done. Lord, we want to be part and partner with you in the great harvest that's about to come. Uh, take your time with that. You don't have to um, bring, put these in the, in the offering baskets today. You can take them home. You can think about them. You can, you know, deal with it online. Um, let me just uh, say one more thing. I need to ask you to do now. So I need you to be listening to the Lord. Get the Ephod. Get the word of the Lord. Encourage yourself. Look back and how the Lord's looked after you, and um, and I feel really pretty connected to what we've done here, and I hope you do too. Some sometimes just by giving an offering, it actually connects you to the vision, and causes a ripple effect in your own heart. Um, this is our church family, and um, Paul would say. One of my life verses is we not only gave you the gospel, but we gave you our lives as well. Um, I need you to let me recover. I need you to keep showing up over the summer because some people here need you to be the the expression of Jesus for them. Um, I need to recover and restore. And about a month and a half ago, I got a diagnosis that requires um, treatments. And it's so distracting trying to lead a church and keep your head and heart fully in the game when physically something's off. And um, I need you to um, let, let us recover and restore because there's, there's so many good things ahead that the Lord has yet to do with us and with his place. But I'm gonna ha- I am gonna. will be present now and again, but I, I might be removed a bit for a um, time. So don't ask me to, to tell you the whole story at this point. I'll tell you the victory, because there will be a victory. It's okay. And, but after Father's Day, I'll preach Father's Day, and then um, I probably will be taking most of the summer off. I mean, just... And uh, then we've got to get straightened up and ship shape because there's a great a great incoming harvest and we need to be ready when they come with loving arms and open hearts did we say how we're going to close this? you're going to do it? okay we're a few minutes over um, I want to pray for people who have lost something's been lost needs to be recovered and then restored if it's a promise if it's a son or daughter prodigal If it's perspective, whatever it is, I want to pray for you. So could you just stand up where you are? And I want to pray uh, very general. But I, I want to know who those people are who need something restored. You have a promise that's not been restored. Yeah, you have a promise. Yeah, you've got promises that need to come, still to come to pass. Father, Lord, your word is true and every man's a liar. In the name of Jesus, we declare the enemy's hands bound and broken off these these promises that have, you said you'd liberate, Lord, set at liberty anything that was bound. And so those, these promises and these dreams that have been bound, the passion, Lord, the, the love for your word in your house, whatever's been stolen, Lord, joy that's been stolen, sleep that's been stolen, relationships that's been stolen. Father, we call it back from the north, the south, the east and the west, and we ask you to do the great restoration work because you make all things new. Father, we call in the promises today, and we thank you for your provision and for your faithfulness in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen.
0: Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.